everybody, and welcome to the Bucket Drop Podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, the weather was great in uh, my part of Canada, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, besides uh, the Habs not doing very well, uh, you know, it's positive to see uh, that summer is just around the corner. I uh, I went swimming uh, a little bit, not really swimming, more like diving in, uh, you know, getting out as fast as I can. Um, luckily. Uh, we live on the water and uh, building a shed this weekend. Um, that's what I did pretty much the whole weekend. And uh, that was a job that continued from last weekend. So I will say, you know, I don't think there'll be a sponsor anytime soon. Do not purchase a shed off of Wayfair. Uh, I usually buy it at my, uh, you know, my local hardware store. But unfortunately, we don't have a lot of room. Again, like I said, because we we're on the water, and I'm not complaining, obviously, but uh, it had to be a certain dimension, and uh, everything that we found in town was not uh, was not the right size. So uh, went with Wayfair, tons of little screws, and uh, hopefully it survives the summer. Uh, we're going to be putting our house up for sale. So uh, you know, if you're out there, want to live on the water, check it out. Uh, you should be able to see it on MLS very shortly. Uh, and you know, if I said it once, I said it a million times, Mark Bergevin has got to, got to go. I mean, yeah, at the beginning of the year, things were looking up. You know, you got Tyler Toffoli that he brought in. He brought Josh Anderson, uh, Jake Allen, you know, all positive things. But at the same time, it's not the offensive juggernaut that you need uh, in order to, you know, go for a cup run. Those guys are obviously really important supporting cast but uh you know other teams like the toronto maple leafs they have their aces you know like uh austin matthews uh mitch marner game breakers you know we have a few guys that you know i remember last year in the playoffs uh, jeff petrie came up big but you need to get a guy that's a natural you know 40 and above goals per year um, score. I think I saw that Matthews was on, uh, what did he get? I think he's at 31 now. And, uh, I talked about this on a previous podcast, but basically if you get 34 this season, which I'm, she's going to get for sure. Um, you know, it's basically equivalent to a 50 goal season. So Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, still, uh, still at the top of the division. And, uh, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. The thing that kind of sucks with the Montreal Canadiens is yeah, obviously Toronto and them, they got their, you know, their top guys and uh, they got that from, you know, building through the draft and I'm not going to shit on Toronto right now, but obviously, you know, at one point they were playing their AHL team to, uh, you know, kind of get that first pick. Uh, I know that they're making a few changes to the draft this year. And uh, unfortunately that's kind of what you need to do to uh, get a, you know, a generational player, like a guy like Matthews or, guy like McDavid and uh you know the Habs are always sort of on the bubble of the playoffs and uh I mean I understand it you know it's uh going into the playoffs is good for business but Mark Bergevin you know made a trade one of our our good prospects that we had was Mikhail Sergachev traded him for Drew eh? And uh, that seems to be 
a big issue as of late. I listened to a lot of TSN 690. Tony Marinero was going off, and uh, that's why I'm not going to go on a huge rant. If you uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, he's got his own podcast. I just saw that today. So uh, Tony's uh, he's a fiery guy, and uh, yeah, his rants about Drew were awesome. Um, it's almost like uh, the whole city's waking up. You know, at first it was you know he's French and you know he's from the Montreal area, so you know like let's kind of. Give him a little bit of slack, you know, because it's always been a big thing to have, a, you know, some French guys on the team. But crazy enough, like the, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, we've had obviously Guy Lafleur and, you know, Stéphane Richer and, you know, some really popular guys in Montreal that were French. Right now, they're pretty much two of the guys that piss me off the most are Phil Deneau and... Uh, Jonathan Drew, you know, Phil Deneau not, you know, accepting a, an offer. I know that was debated a little bit, but uh, quote-unquote uh, didn't accept five per year. Um, he thought he was worth more than six years at five mil. And I don't know, what does he have, like four goals this year or something? I don't know. He might have five. And uh, Jonathan Drew, who's sixth in points, is making five million per year. Uh, he's sixth in points on the team. Uh, technically, when you trade a a generational defenseman like Sergachev. I don't know if he's, I don't know, that's maybe premature to call him generational, but a good, you know, prospect in, on defense, you know, to that could have played with Weber. You should be getting something good in return, and uh, sixth in point is not good enough. You know, guys like Thomas Tatar, which, you know, People are saying he's going to be made available for the expansion draft for Seattle to pick him up. He's got more points than Drew. I think Suzuki has more points than Drew. And uh, if I say anything uh, that is not correct, again, like I've said a million times that I'm not uh, an expert. I'm just an average Joe that likes to do this for fun. And uh, Corey Perry, though, he was an awesome pickup again, but it's a lot of supporting staff that we picked up and then, you know, we got Eric Stahl, and uh, Eric Stahl was, you know, the the hero on uh, on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday when he scored an overtimer. Actually, it might have been before that. I don't remember anymore. But no, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been Tuesday because they just lost four four goal or four games in a row. Four games in a row, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. But hey, I got my 50 bucks on Toronto. Obviously, I want to see the Montreal Canadiens win, but unless they do a big move on uh, trade deadline day, and because I'm recording this on uh, a Sunday, I don't see them. Uh, they're gonna make the they're they're gonna make the playoffs because Vancouver's far behind. Um, but it's not a for sure thing there. It's not mathematical yet, uh, and obviously Va- Vancouver's dealing with the whole mess over there with the COVID. And I think it's the Flames. That's the next team that can catch up. So I, I don't see those two teams catching up. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the Habs definitely need a shake-up. Jonathan Drouet needs to be shooken up. I don't know what it would take. Maybe bringing a guy like Mike Babcock on board. I, I was never a fan of the Ducharme hiring. I know that he, you know, he's won some games with the Montreal Canadiens. But, again, just the French thing, right? It's all about the French thing. You need to have 
French coach, you know, and, and I'm French, so it's not speaking bad against, uh, you know, French people, you know, it was always, uh, you know, oh, who's it going to be, Bob Hartley, it's like, recycling these coaches over and over again, like, guarantee you, Alain Vigneault is going to be the next coach of the Montreal Canadiens, it'll be something stupid like that, uh, just hire the best guy for the job, you know, like, unbelievable, but anyways, maybe you get a guy like uh, Torts, um, or I don't know, just a hard-nosed guy that, you know, that's, you know, he doesn't let the players have nights off. I remember uh, Chris Nyland, I think it was in his, might have been on his radio show that he was talking about it. You know, he's, he'd have a bad game and then the, the coach, I think it was Lemaire, would tell him, okay, you're allowed to have one of those per 20 or something. And uh, it's kind of, you know, how he played his whole career. And I, I don't think Chris ever tried to have a bad game. I mean, the guy was always balls to the wall, but, you know, maybe uh, they were too, out too late at Chipare one night and, uh, you know, he had a bad one. But, yeah, Drew and just lazy all around. Uh, you know, you'll see some dash dashes of talent, you know, once every 20 games. So he's probably, he's like doing like uh, the opposite. Instead of having uh, one bad game out of 20, he's got one good one out of 20. Yeah, so anyways, I could go on about, you know, Jonathan Drouet and the Habs playing bad and, you know, get all fired up. But uh, I don't really see the point in doing that. Like, the team was not well-constructed for a few years now. Actually, uh, I've been reading uh, Jerry Seinfeld's book. Um, I don't even remember what it's called now. I think it's called Is This Something? Because comedians say that when they're talking to other comedians about a bit that they just created. And uh, he was just saying that people that go, he was just talking about people that get over-involved in sports, you know, like when the team wins, they go like, we won. And then uh, he says, uh, no, you didn't win. You didn't do anything out there. Actually, the fact that they won is because that you weren't out there. So I don't know if I, <laughs> I, I'm not a comedian, but I hope to get a comedian on. Um, but really, when you think about it, you know, it's just, what would it really change in my life, you know, if the Habs won a cup? You know, what would I do? I always used to say in my 20s that, you know, I'm taking that whole week off and, you know, I'm just going to be go, going to party up in Montreal or whatever. But, you know, it doesn't change my identity. You know, I don't become a winner all of a sudden because my team won, you know. But uh, obviously, yeah, I'm a diehard Habs fan. But I, uh, I try not to get too... Uh, too... Uh, happy or too sad uh when they lose i used to be kind of like that you know like not sad as in like crying but just get super pissed you know and you know uh when they when they lost but at this point there's more important things in life obviously everybody knows that i do get happy when the my team wins but it's uh you know i've seen all the teams from you know koivu and uh, up to now, and it's just uh, kind of one of those like same old, same old. So I'm, I like I said, I don't get too uh, too excited or too uh, too depressed whenever they lose, even if it's in a game seven loss. There, you know, it stings for the one day, but that's about it. But uh, yeah, Tony Marino really <laughs> freaked out. But I mean, he works in sports, so it's a little different, right? Um, but yeah, his his rants were uh, pretty uh, legendary. Not just this one, but some in the past. You know when. Uh, when Graba had hit uh, Eller there, I remember that was a big thing, you know, with 
impressed uh, calling uh, the coach uh, a big fat walrus. But the big news this week was the Paul Mary and Zajac addition to the Islanders. Um, so basically, they sent some prospects over to New Jersey and they got those two players. Zajac, uh, good playoff experience. Um, and, uh, you know, it's Paul Mary, great for secondary scoring. So obviously, they got that stud Barzal up front. Um, but they lost Anders Lee, so it was time that they, you know, they they do an addition, and I think that's going to be dangerous for teams against for teams like Boston and for other teams in uh, in their division. Uh, but I think that Boston's going to do something. I don't see Taylor Hall going to Toronto. I don't know the whole cap issue over there. Like I said, I kind of focus on the Canadian teams, but for some reason, I just have a picture in my mind of Taylor Hall playing for the Boston Bruins. He just, I don't know, I don't know what it is. He kind of has a a Boston look to him going back to uh, you know uh, the Palmieri thing and uh, Zajac uh, one of my buddies uh, Joe Lazito I've been I chatted with him quite a bit actually this weekend um, just via text and uh, yeah he was pretty excited about those additions and uh, that uh, the Islanders you know are gearing up for a playoff run probably my my second team if I was to pick a team uh, I remember back in 1993, uh, the the Montreal Canadiens. It's kind of vague a little bit, you know, uh, because I was young. But I remember them beating out the Islanders in the conference finals. And uh, yeah, I was actually at one of the games at the old Forum. But yeah, the Islanders. I don't know what it is. The colors, maybe. Uh, you know, Billy Smith. Met him a few times in Cornwall. Uh, he was a member at our golf course. My dad actually shot pool with him a lot. Uh, they they used to play, I think, once a week. And, uh, yeah, he was great to me. He signed two jerseys for me. So hopefully uh, if I ever cross paths with him again, I can let him know to uh, get in contact with Joe to go on his podcast. Like I was saying earlier, I'd like to have some guests on soon. Uh, a guy, um, Mark Vincent, he's on uh, he's on my Facebook I think I'm correct in saying this. I think um, his wife is uh, is sick right now. Um, so they did, uh, I remember seeing a comedy show that they had done uh, for basically the proceeds were going towards uh, treatments for his wife. If I got that wrong, I'm sorry. I think that it was for his, I'm, it was someone's wife. So, but I, I'd like to get him on the podcast just to talk about, you know, his comedy and, takes a lot of balls to uh, get up on stage. I haven't done it yet, um, but I, I would like to do it eventually. You know, maybe for just like a little two minutes just to see if I'd survive out there. Kind of like the same nervousness, you know, before going out for a fight. I got in a few of those on the, on the rink. And uh, yeah, I was always nervous when I went in there. No matter who I, I went up against, if it was a, a big guy or a little guy, mostly it was guys that were bigger than me because I'm not, I'm not the tallest there. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that's the big news really, the Palmieri thing and uh, the Zajac edition. Um, but tomorrow's uh, trade deadline, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully there's a big splash. I don't really want Montreal to do anything to be honest. I want Bergevin to lose his job at the end of the year. I know that's uh, maybe not nice to wish some hateful stuff on uh, some people, but uh, just. Anyways, the guy looks like he spent, uh, you know, two full terms in the Oval Office. So, I mean, I think uh, it'd be a relief on his end as well. So And he hasn't completely destroyed the team. He just, we haven't added that offensive juggernaut that, that we need. And, 
But uh, yeah, maybe uh, the Islanders will I'll do a deep run and I'll have a team to cheer for. I hate to sound negative, but I don't see the Habs. Uh, unless they get somebody at the deadline that really, really alters their team. I don't know. I think it's it's time for Bergman to go. I think it's time to part ways with Carey Price at this point. I've explained that a few times before. Uh, but yeah, moving on to more positive stuff. Uh, not positive stuff. Not necessarily positive stuff. Uh, one of my buddies shared a TikTok video with me of... Uh, there's a guy on TikTok. I don't have TikTok, so I don't have the app or anything like that. It's, I don't understand it yet. But uh, basically, it was a guy that made three predictions for the UFC uh, this weekend. Uh, it was a UFC fight night. So he basically picked Jim Miller. He picked, uh, who was it? Jim Miller, Kevin Holland, and Mike Perry. And uh, anyways, this guy was saying, you know, to, he was betting $1,000. I think he was paying $22,000. I did not risk that kind of money on it, um, and I didn't parlay all three fighters, but he got all three fighters wrong. And stupid me, I knew that Kevin Holland was not going to win. He's just not experienced enough in those five-round fights, I think. Uh, Vittori, you know, went the distance with Adesanya, so I should have just not bet. I wasn't going to bet on Vittori because he was paying dick calls, um, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't even bet on the Mike Pyre either one. I didn't know much about the Jim Miller thing, so I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just shot in the dirt, so I put a little fiber on that, but yeah, it didn't pan out. Uh, I got the Jake Paul coming up this weekend. Um, so anyways, yeah, just to recap on that UFC, uh, it looked a little bit like an underwhelming UFC night. Uh, I don't know if people, like a lot of people watched it, but I don't know if there was a, a lot of KOs. Or, like what I saw was just basically that the Mike Perry and uh, I saw, you know, glimpses or like little clips of the Kevin Holland fight, and it just looked more of like a, a chess match, you know, with, with some wrestling. I mean, those are also good fights. And, you know, if you're like a fight connoisseur like um, Mike Scroy, you know, like I should just talk to him, get my advice from him before I, I bet on a fight. I had asked him one time, but I just don't want to bother the guy. Like, I know the guy's super busy. You know, the guy's always like training fighters or training hockey players. So, uh, yeah, the guy's got a pretty uh pretty busy life but uh yeah not not the longest episode uh, not the shortest one uh just for your ride home and uh yeah like i said not getting too excited or too pissed about the the montreal canadians i'll leave that to tony and uh you know at the same time uh check out uh, coliseum chronicles part five will be uh out shortly i hope with the uh, trevor gillies um and uh yeah i think the Tony, Tony uh, podcast is it the sick podcast I want to say yeah just uh, stay tuned hopefully I'll be able to you know find the time to do uh, that interview with M- uh, Mark because I want to get some, his insight on stand-up comedy and maybe some people will learn some stuff about you know if they've been uh, debating if they're they would step on stage it's kind of the perfect time to practice right now with uh, you know with COVID you know um, kind of stop the podcast with the interviews and stuff like that because I want to maybe focus on you know, doing one uh, one open mic one day. It's always been, like, something where, you know, I never had the balls for it. But oh, I want to do it. I just want to get that ad- adrenaline rush. And, uh, guys, before I go, I just wanted to uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Anybody who listens to this podcast, because there's a lot to listen to. And if you if you could fit me in, that's great. And, uh, you know, subscribe and you'll get a track of all the, the newer episodes. They come out every Monday, but sometimes I'll release like a midweek one. So, uh, 
and I just wanted to share a bit of wisdom as well before I go, and this is going to be deep, um, deep, uh, even for myself. So when I was a little boy uh, during the summers, you know, the parents are, are at work and, you know, you're old enough to kind of babysit yourself. Uh, I'd go play hockey at a buddy's and uh, once in a while we'd take a break from the hockey and we'd go inside the house and he had an older brother and uh, we'd go and uh, sneak into his room and uh, we knew where her secret stash was of uh, magazines and one of those magazines rhymed with uh, hey boy and um, you know we'd go through the pages and I never really had you know I didn't have an issue at all with that double D's but uh, you know as I got older I kind of discovered it's uh, it's the balance that counts and uh Yeah, the metaphor I'm trying to make is the Montreal Canadiens um, employing overrated double Ds. And uh, what I mean by that is Dano and Drouet, uh, two guys that have combined together for as many goals as David Ayers had saves against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And both making above, you know, four mil. Uh, I don't know if Dano is making that yet, but he's requesting to make more than actually five, which I, I know he won't get. But, you know, one thing I think that's underrated is, you know, C's and C's and even B's, you know, it's a, long as you got a handful, you know, and uh, Corey Perry with a C, you know, but uh, and B's, you know, Byron, you know, Brendan Gallagher. And uh, yeah, obviously I'm, you know, I'm reaching, but uh, I don't know, there's something about the D's. There's always been, you know, double D's that were overrated on the Montreal Canadiens. David Dearnet, Guillaume Latin, Dress. Uh, okay, that's really reaching. But uh, I don't know. Just, uh, you know, they put Byron on waivers uh, continually um, to save on the cap space, but no one's grabbing him. But why not put Jonathan Drouet on, on waivers? I think that he's a guy that, I don't know, we're not going to get anything for him, especially the way he's been playing. Like, But, you know, put him on waivers. You know, Paul Byron busts his balls every game. And uh, I just think that uh, I, I would put Drouet, I don't know, he gets all this slack because he's French-Canadian, but, you know, put him on waivers, you know. Who cares if he's a Tsuguchinu and whatever, all that stuff. Um, and with uh, Dano, I'm not saying get rid of the guy, but... Definitely don't give him that big salary that he's requesting next year. You know, guy gets like three goals per year. So I just wanted to uh, kind of share that wisdom with you guys. Like I said, um, it's, uh, overrated double Ds. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully there's a change. You know, you always have to play the best players doesn't matter their language just uh 
play the guy that's hot and uh, don't play the guy that's not. I hope everybody has a great week. Do some barbecuing in the evening and uh, enjoy the nice weather.